Um, I wanted to pause. Uh, I know, as y'all know, we um, uh, lost Aiden last week, and um, we haven't met as a youth group in a large group setting since then. And um, one, I want y'all to know that you're all invited to his memorial service this Saturday. Um, if you would like to come at three o'clock. Um, and I just wanted to pause and pray uh, for his family and, and those that are close uh, to him as well. And, uh, and then we'll get started. Uh, <clears throat> Father, we don't want to um, just say we understand all things that you choose to do. Um, and we know that um, you stand and mourn at death as much as we do, thinking about Jesus at the tomb of Lazarus, uh, weeping, because he hates it. He, he hated it so much that he went to the cross so that it wouldn't be for everyone, that there's hope beyond this life. And Lord, that was a hope that Aiden knew, um, Lord, that he is singing your praises right now in your presence with fullness of joy. And so, Lord, I just, um, I pray for, for us who are still here, who are still processing and grieving, and Lord, for his family, um, and for the hard weeks and months and years ahead. Lord, I pray that you would go before them. I pray, Lord, that you would comfort them, give them peace that passes understanding. And Lord, I just thank you for this church body and watching the way in which um, they have been cared for well. Um, and we just thank you so much um, for giving us each other in these seasons. So we ask, Lord, that you would give us strength, encouragement, the ability to be not okay, um, and to walk arm in arm with each other through these things. And we ask all this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Um, so, like I said, um, we are going to be in John 1 tonight. Um, we are starting a new series for uh, that will start tonight and will run all the way through the semester. Um, and the series is, Who is the Real Jesus? So what we're going to do is walk through different moments um, that Jesus reveals himself. Different things we learn about Jesus, different things that we can start to frame out. Who is the real Jesus? So as I started thinking about going into this series, and um, for you guys to even be thinking, who is Jesus? Um, if you pause for a moment, let's say tomorrow at school, someone walked up to you in the hall and said, hey, tell me who Jesus is. What do you say to them? And maybe not only what do you say to them, but where do you get that answer from? Do you get that answer because someone has told you that? Do you get that answer because, honestly, I don't know where it came from, I just know that? Or do you get that answer because the Bible says it, right? You know the funny, or maybe you think it's funny, I actually think it's a great song, but we sing it to Juniper a lot, Jesus loves me, this I know, why? The Bible tells me so. And when we think about who is the real Jesus, and we're trying to figure out what do we actually know about Jesus, where can we go? 
Because if it's not the Bible, it's probably just human conversations, things that have been said over the years, history. Some of those things may be right, may have their foundation in the Bible. But for you, if you were to be asked that question tomorrow, how would you actually answer? And do you feel like you would have a rounded out picture of who Jesus actually is if someone asked you? Because I would say that we probably have some things that are right, some things that are kind of right, and then some things that are really wrong. And we probably have some kind of a mix of all three of those things about what we know and believe or have heard and become to believe about Jesus. Because my guess is that some of those things will come from the Bible. Some of those things will come from other people just telling you, talking to you. And some of those things are just general noise. And so when you think about the question about who is Jesus, where do you start? And if you ask where you start, maybe you're asking where do you end? And how do you know what you know about Jesus? I would say that this is a pretty big question for us. Because depending on how you answer the question, who is Jesus, everything else falls under that. C.S. Lewis once said that you have to make three different um, claims about Jesus, and you can't make all three. You can only make one of the three. But there's only three possible answers to him. That he was truly a lunatic, crazy person. Believed in crazy things. Um, he was a liar. That the things that he said were not true. He lied about everything he said. Or third, you believe that he's Lord. Because here's the deal. Whether you believe in Jesus, resurrecting from the dead, everyone across the board would tell you he was a real person whether they're a believer or not. And so therefore, for you and for me, there's only three possible answers. Because he taught. We have those teachings, right? We're going to talk through a lot of those teachings. He met with people. He interacted with people. People wrote about him. Historians wrote about him. So either he's a crazy person, a lunatic, or he's a complete liar. Or he's Lord. Those are your only three choices. So again, if I ask you, who is Jesus? That starts to answer the question about what I can and can't say that he actually is. Um, I thought it would be helpful. Uh, I found this video. Um, someone just did some street questions. And went around and asked people, who do you think Jesus is? Just random people. And I thought it was interesting to hear their responses, and, and we'll talk about a couple of them after the video is over. But I want you to listen to hear what they have to say. Some are believers, some people that knew about Jesus, some that didn't. But I think it's really interesting. So let's watch this, and I'll come right back up. You have to unmute it. There you go. 
And then at age 32, he died off the cross, and just like three days later, he was resurrected. How about you with me and Jesus? I believe that religion was just created to control the masses, really. Jesus is the, our Lord and Savior that died on the cross for us for our sins. Jesus is a uh, person that existed that continues to enrich the lives of people every day. Jesus is God's son, and he was sent to save our sins. I think he is a pretty cool guy. He had a, a peaceful philosophy. I think he's misinterpreted by a lot of people. He's the savior of this world. I don't know, it's not only leaving him, so I don't think anything of him. Uh, he's a real person. I'm not sure he was. I'm not sure he was just, you know, did what he did or something. I feel like Jesus is a modern-day scapegoat. Jesus is God, I think. Yeah, I just learned that. Uh, Jesus was a man, from what I... Figure. Who is Jesus? He was a beard. Way back in the day. Pretty awesome. He had a beard. He was just kind of got a really unique, positive message just that kind of gave a lot of people a lot of hope. He probably existed, but I don't believe that he was the Son of God. He died on the cross for us and uh, saved us and rose again from the dead. That wouldn't sound smart, but. <laughs> You'll probably not be surprised by one of those answers because you've probably heard a lot of these things before. But I thought it would be helpful to just kind of hear the general populace talk about this, right? But I assume a lot of these things are things you aren't unfamiliar with, right? So again, uh, the question I started with asking you, now that we've kind of talked around to other people and outside opinions, but again, to come back to you, who do you say that Jesus because honestly, at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter what someone else says. It doesn't really matter what your parents say. It doesn't really matter what I say. It really matters about what you say. Um, we're going to look at John 1 tonight. Um, as we start this journey, I think John 1 is the best place to start to frame out a little bit about who Jesus is. So, if y'all want to read through with me in John 1, um, we're going to read the first two verses first, and I'll say a couple things, and then we'll move on. We'll move pretty quickly through this. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Okay? Some, a little bit of some confusing word use here. Right? So when it says, in the beginning was the word, if you don't, have you have connected these dots yet? It's talking about Jesus as the word, right? So in the beginning was the word, or was Jesus. And Jesus was with God, and Jesus was God. I don't know if you realize that in one verse, there's a ton of theological statements. One was that Jesus is actually God. You may not know this, but for lots of years, people have fought over the fact if Jesus is actually God. And then it says, he was with God. He was in the beginning. Meaning that Jesus wasn't created. He has always existed. Eternal Son of God. 
And then verse 3 says, All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. That he is eternally creator. There are um, about 100 billion stars in the average galaxy. And there are at least 100 million galaxies in known space. Einstein believed that we have scanned only one billionth of theoretical space with our largest telescopes. This means that there's probably something like 10 with about 25 zeros stars in space. 10 octillion to be precise. How many is that? That's 1,000 equals a million. 1,000 million equals a billion. Keep going down, keep going down until we get to 10 octillion. That's 10 with 27 zeros behind it. Jesus created it all. And not only is he the creator of the microcosm of the universe, but he's also the one who sustains the microcosm. To the very small detail of your body, to the atoms in the world from not breaking apart, the Bible tells us that Jesus holds them together as creator. So whether the macrocosm or the microcosm, all of it is held together, created by Jesus. In him, all things hold together. That's from Colossians 1. So I think just a couple of implications from this for the first three verses is this. Through Christ, we can know God, but without him, we have no way to God. If Jesus is truly God, then Jesus incarnate walking on this earth is God, is a reflection of God. We can know God through Jesus. Second, that we can know what God is like. We can study the life of Jesus. Have you ever asked yourself the question, I don't really know what God is like? Not like I know my friend, or I know my parent, or I know my sibling. I don't know what God is like. If you've asked that question before, I would encourage you to read about Jesus. It says in Hebrews 1 that he is the exact imprint of his nature. Jesus. Which is why I'm so excited to walk through week by week about who this Jesus is. How he acts, what he says, what's important to him, how he values people. Third, we see that death on a cross means something because he's actually true God. I don't know if you guys realize this, but if Jesus is just a man, his death on the cross is not helpful to you and me. He needs to be God. He needs to be perfect. He needs to be the eternal Son of God. So his being God matters in the death on the cross. And then fourth, he can satisfy every desire of your heart because he has created you and has an inexhaustible immensity. I want you to think about that. He has created you. He knows you better than you know you. 
inexhaustible immensity. Every desire of your heart can be satisfied in Christ. If we move on, we see in verses 4 through 13, we'll read just a second, but this shift in John now goes to the greatness of Christ's love. So starting in verse 4, we see, In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John, that's John the Baptist. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light that came to bear witness about the light. And listen here in 9 through 13. The true light would get, which gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. I think we see here that light being revealed, that Christ reveals the light, right? that he is the light of the world. That the darkness of this world is expelled in Christ. Second, that we see the light being rejected. I don't know if you ever think about this when you think about, um, we, we talked about Hebrews um, uh, 10 and 4 uh, on the retreat, but it says that he's not, he's not unable to sympathize. I want you to realize the deep rejection that Jesus experienced. His own family, his blood, rejected him and said, you're crazy. You can leave. And then beyond that, beyond his nuclear family, his own blood, his people, his own people looked at him and said, you're crazy. Go somewhere else. Jesus was rejected. He knows what that feels like. So the light was rejected, but for some who did not reject, but received the light, they got to be called children of God. Even in his rejection, he continued to walk forward so that some would come to believe him. The light was received by some. And I love the verse that says he gave them the right to become children. You know, I think about 1 John 3, 1, thinking about children of God. It says, see what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that's what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Dear friends and brothers and sisters, we are children of God. And what will be has not yet been made known. This is huge. And then the last part of chapter 1, 14 through 18, says this, The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Again, Jesus became flesh and dwelt among us. We have seen his glory, glory as the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness about him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks before me because he was before me. For from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. 
For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the only God who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. Grace upon grace. When someone were to ask me, who is Jesus? One of the things that doesn't come out of my mouth is gracious. I'm missing John That in his fullness, grace upon grace. What does that mean? That we have all received grace. I love Luther says this. The sun is not dimmed or darkened by shining on so many people or by providing the entire world with its light and splendor. It retains its light intact. It loses nothing. It is immeasurable, perhaps able to illuminate ten more worlds. I suppose that a hundred thousand candles can be ignited from one light, and still this light will not lose any of its brilliance. Christ, our Lord, to whom we must flee and whom we must ask, is the chief source of all grace. Even if the whole world were to draw from the fountain of grace and truth to transform themselves, still it would not lose as much of a drop. This fountain constantly overflows with grace. Grace unending is literally what it means. That you and I don't stand, sit, move on a time clock, on a checkboard, on a star system. There is grace upon grace for you. So as we continue to move through this series, I want to kind of flesh out this Jesus that John 1 talks about. Fully God and fully man come here putting on flesh for you and me to the cross to die and to raise again. As we talk about that Jesus, I hope that by the end of this semester you feel like I have come to a much greater fullness if someone were to ask me, who is Jesus? Who would you say that Jesus is? Not only that you would have an answer to that question, but more than that, that you would have a deeper love for the Jesus that you know. As he's talked about in the Bible. Alright, let me pray for us and let the worship team come back up.